Logan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm is here with us. He is ready to answer any questions that you might have of a medical nature. You could probably ask him other questions, but basically he prefers medical questions. Uh, his specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings, and he served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Good to see you. Isn't it just, it's just good to be anywhere today. It's so oh, beautiful out there. Oh, my God. If you're listening, we want you to stay, but as soon as we're done, turn it off and go, go take for a, a walk. walk. <laughs> it's I, just gorgeous I out caught there. the mailman as I was walking back from Cook's Kitchen this morning, and he and I both said, oh, my, this is the day that you, the Lord has made. You know, it's just the, the trees just exploded, you know, within the last two or three days. Suddenly they went from buds to green to green of all colors the different kinds of greens uh it's what amazes me you know this early trees later they all kind of blend into a green that's beautiful but the buds of may colors are so vivid and so varied and uh, um and you know you think about the long winter the early the late late spring or winter that we had uh, it went on forever it um, truly went on forever <laughs> You know, I talked with a gentleman who had heard my commencement speech uh, about uh, uh, cancer of the pancreas. He had just developed cancer of the pancreas. He's from Minnesota. His daughter was graduating. And he's going through the same steps that I had gone through right now. He's finishing his first round of chemo, and he's about to have radiation, and then he'll have the Whipple, and he's been a runner. And... uh, He's, he's continuing to run through this and hoping that he'll be able to maintain his strength for the Whipple. That's, that was the That's key. It. You want to be strong for that surgery? And he was saying I, he was so bummed out this winter because he caught the diagnosis and faced all of this about dying and the risks and so on, and the winter was so long. And you know, you I'd, must have cheered him up then with that graduation speech. Oh, I mean, he—I could feel his energy. I mean, it's amazing yeah. to just sense it was when he's talking. But I did want to say a, a thing about the Sultans of Swing. You know, we were just listening to that particular beautiful music. You know, that Sultan of Swing, by whom, Bob? That would be the Dire Straits. The Dire Straits. Dire yes. Straits. Did they go on to to play? others yeah they had a lot of hits back in the 70s as a group and then they broke up mark knopfler was the lead guitarist he and his brother he was an architect actually from england and he has performed with lots of artists has a lot of great music out there is as he well. continuing to play he is one of the premier rhythm guitarists of our time he's uh, quite talented i I've, i was thinking that the the voice uh, we watched the voice at my house you know uh, and um, the, I don't know if you do, but they have stepped it up as far as the guitar background players and the music that backs it's up these better. singers yep. are just getting better and better. And you know, and you can see the people who are the lead guitar people are just fabulous. Have you? Have you? Are you aware of who they are? And no, I don't. I've never watched The Voice. I'm not. I don't watch much TV, Doctor Holm. I'm sorry. I, oh no! Don't apologize no. for that. That's a wonderful thing. It's okay. So. Um, let me ask you this, because I was thinking about this as we were driving, as I was driving here, about uh, music and the spirit um, that it brings to people. I mean, you know, of course, a lot of music really developed through the Middle Ages because of church. I mean, it a lot of it's spiritual. 
And last night, uh, my choral group sang for a woman in an assisted living, and we caught her room, her neighbor right next door, dragged her in, and then the neighbor could sing, and we gave her music, and she joined in. And it was 22 or four people, 24 people in this tiny little room. It was just awesome. I mean, it almost blew your ears out, but the the beauty of it was so uh, wonderful to me. And I've been looking at all of the people who were reading their music. Well, some of the songs they don't need to. Re- they don't need the music, and they're looking at me as I'm directing them. You know, I mean, and I'm sensing this wonderful communi- communion that we were having. So. My question to you, um, the spiritual part of music, I mean, what is it that brings such pleasure to people from music? Why does it happen? What is it, Bob? Boy, if I had the answer to that, yeah, I don't know. I think when you're, when you're, before you're born, you hear your mother's heartbeat. You hear that boom, 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 and right away the it's imprinted, the rhythm, the, the, yeah, the beat goes on, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and your mom sings you a Brahms lullaby when you're young. And yep. then you're in Bible school, and you sing in Sunday school, and you join band. And, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I wish I knew. But since the most primitive early man, they banged on a log with a bone and yeah. all danced around, something about it. They, uh, there are those who say that we sang before we spoke. That it was music that brought us to talk. That's interesting. Yeah. Monday night, the high school did their performance. Uh, Mrs. Perry, I'm not sure of her first name. Yes. Over yeah. Deb, Deb Perry. Perry. That's it. I couldn't think. Deb Perry oversees the kids, but she insisted she had nothing to do with this. The kids put the show on, and it was the whole high school. They were so alive and so excited. It was a jazz performance, a pop performance. Pop, I think is what they call it. It was just amazing to see these high school kids from freshmen on up. The funny thing was the boys who had never danced in their lives, and it was obvious <laughs> I mean, there was some choreography to go yeah. with it. So there was some humor in it, too, but yeah. they put their hearts and soul into it. Oh. But you could see that it enlivened them, and everyone in the audience was alive with it. It was really a connection. You said the communion, it brought everyone there together. It was really neat. Very nice. I, um, I, you know, people ask me what I enjoy the most about church. And there's all sorts of things. I mean, you know, just the, the fact that weekly you come together to think about what is the meaning and purpose. Not to say that you have the answers, but you come together to think about it and to talk about it. And, to, and oftentimes uh, it's, a, it's a gift of a sermon that speaks love. Um, I mean, I don't know that everybody gets that, but we get it at my church, a, a fair amount of love that is provided. And then... Um, and then you get to sing hymns. And you're so happy to me, singing. <laughs> That's I mean, highlight. I just, you know, and they don't criticize me for doing it with enthusiasm. You know, I can sing too loud and no one turns around and says, you're singing too loud. Or uh, do the harmony and try to do the, the try to do the tenor and it's too hard and your voice breaks. Who cares? You know, well, it's my just, children have asked my husband, please just mouth the words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a little off key. He said, God gave me this voice. I'm singing out. <laughs> there it is. Not that a good voice. Doesn't no. matter. <laughs> no, doesn't yeah. matter. My dad couldn't hang oh. hang old oh. onto a tune either. No. You know, I remember laying in church. You know, as sometimes you sing your hymns while you're sitting. 
and laying my head on his belly and listening to them. <laughs> you know? But you have to remember what they say, make a joyous noise unto the Lord. They don't yep. say make a joyous sound, right? Or harmony. Ed listens to that, joyous noise. We have to noise. make a joyous noise, guys. This oh, is great, okay. talking right. about music. And it is spiritual. It truly is. And we, we hope we have lifted your spirit and wellness. But we are going to take our first break. If you have a comment about our musical escapade or uh, any questions about well, medicine, questions. give us a call at 692-1430. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We didn't sing our way in, but we've been talking about music, and uh, it is spiritual, and it lightens our spirits, and we're we're happy that we have that in our lives. Uh, something we're not happy to have in our lives is addiction, and I know, a great switch, huh, Dr. Great Holm? Same, but tomorrow night on South Dakota <laughs> Public Television, you will be talking about addiction, and I wish it were not in our lives. Tell yep. us what you're covering and why you decided on this topic. Well, it's, uh, it's an issue that is extremely important for our society because people are dying from suffocation related to narcotics. Part of that is because narcotics are really sneaky. They will sneak up on you. That's why they require that it's prescribed rather than getting it for free or getting it over the counter. It's dangerous. Uh, and the problem is it takes away your drive to breathe. Uh, it's like uh, uh, a narcosis of uh, nitrogen. When you're deep sea, you're deep diving, you get down too low and the nitrogen builds up and then you are narcotized by the nitrogen and you forget to breathe and then you go down dead. Uh, it's one of the dangers of deep diving. So, uh, so it is with the narcotics. Uh, and uh, sometime about 10 years ago, I remember the switch when it came. We, we noted it by the pharmaceutical reps that were pushing uh, narcotic uh, pain medicines. And um, there was one letter to the editor in the New England Journal of Medicine that cited that we have overdone the fear of narcotics and that people are safe using this drug and people are in pain and we need to remember the one to 10 scale of pain relief and encourage people to use that scale and, and um, then followed a push to, to qualify physicians uh, as um, uh, better physicians or not by virtue of whether they satisfy the the uh, pain uh, relief of uh, their customers or their patients. And then followed all of this, I suspect, partly pushed by the pharmaceutical industry. I'm putting my finger in that direction as well as physician and the uh, care providers, other care providers out there, pointing in the direction of the pharmaceutical industry, pushed this one to 10 scale I'm at the Mayo Clinic with a Whipple procedure, and the nurse is asking me incessantly, what is your pain on a 10 scale? You know, well, I think that is a lousy monitor, is what my answer would be, and I refuse to give you a number. I hurt. That's enough. Or I'm having a kind of a burning pain. It's better than it was. You know, but I didn't want to do a 10 scale. It just, it angers me because I know it's driven the, the narcotic prescribing. Finally, we're realizing that every year 
well, at this last year, 64,000 people suffocated to death from narcotic overdose. That is twice as many that died from car accidents or twice as many that died from alcohol, which are the two, uh, and, and certainly a lot more than died from cigarettes. Um, so uh, you think about uh, the dangers out there. I mean, it's a subtle danger that comes uh, crashing in on us. And um, of course, uh, what's happened is there's an injection that you can give called Narcan that reverses it. Well, the price of Narcan went from, you know, 10 bucks an injection to 350 or $400. I don't know what it is. It's, it's For it, no reason other than... Oh, they can get by with it. They can get by with and it. And all, all of the emergency room uh, crews and all of the uh, ambulances have to buy it, and they got them. We've been hoodwinked by the, uh, nor, uh, the pharmaceutical industry. And so uh, they're making it right and left. And, uh, of course, uh, I live in a glass house. Who prescribes those drugs? Well, it comes from the pen of the prescriber. It is the doctor and the nurse practitioner and the PA and the dentist uh, that are prescribing those medicines, and we're prescribing too many. And so the talk tomorrow night is by the State Medical Association president, uh, Dr. Bob Vandemark, and by Matt Stanley, Dr. Matt Stanley, the head of psychiatry uh, from Avera. So it's an Avera-Sanford uh, uh, combination uh, tomorrow night, and they're both fabulous uh, men. I mean, wonderful people. And uh, Matt Stanley is uh, is glib, you know, very easy to talk and quick with answers that are beautiful and perfect. And uh, Bob Vandermark Jr., uh, who is a dear friend of mine, uh, is a conservative speaker, you know, very careful and thoughtful and kind of never been a real loud, uh, quick-to-talk kind of a guy, you know. But he comes out pretty well. And the, um, the, we've done a, uh, this same issue three years in a row because we could see it coming and we needed to address it. But it's a, a wonderful uh, presentation tomorrow night. You would, you'd, you don't want to miss it. But we recorded it in March. I still had hair at the time, and so uh, <laughs> you uh, cannot call with questions then. You could call now if you had any comments about the addiction. Yeah, we're here I, right I think now. We'll take any. The toughest comment. thing is, you can lay blame, and as you said, you can lay blame on the pharmaceutical industry. You can lay blame on the medical practitioners, yeah. but also on our government, who kind of ignored it, too. Uh, well, promoted. Should, oh, promoted. Promoted. They didn't ignore it. They promoted it. Well, I mean, they kind of bought in on the, we're, too many people are in pain. We're ignoring the pain people. We need to do the 10 scale, and you need to satisfy it, and we're evaluating you based, by, for the, based on how well you cover patients' pain. My. Well, there's a lot of blame, but I'm thinking rather than blame, let's see what we can do to avoid or to lessen this addiction or to make yeah. it changes. There have to be changes coming down. You have any comments? We're going to take our break, but if you want to talk about this, give us a call and listen to Dr. Holmes' next comments. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holmes just spoke at length about the addiction that is going on in America today, yeah. and that's opioid. It's going on in America. Is it going on in other countries? 
Uh, I I Not think sure. it is. Not as much. They're 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 a lot tighter with the narcotics in the in uh, Western Europe, for example. And then you talked about the cost of pharmaceuticals, and um, our president even said they they need to be held accountable. But because he he fo- he's followed through on a lot of his promises. You know, right. you got to hand that to him. He does. But the 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 it, he hasn't followed through on the pharmaceutical issue. Well, he said he's concerned about it now. Just in the past week, he made some comment that we have to, when, for instance, what did you say is the alternative, the pill shot they can take? Or the take, Narcan. The Narcan, that went from $10, even if it went to 100 We know it went to more than 100 But if it, if it went up that much, immediately the government should jump on that and say, what are you talking about? It's worth $10. Don't sell it for $100. You know, yeah. why can't the government step in like that? Well, I... I you don't know. I, I, I've just been so frustrated with that. I mean, they've regulated everything. Why can't they regulate that? They took off any bargaining tool that Medicare was going to have, the legislature. And I'll tell you why the legislature uh, in Washington has been so generous to the pharmaceutical industry. It's because the pharmaceutical industry has been so generous to, to the, the legislature. Yeah. And, you know, it gives you a picture of how powerful money is in Washington and if there's one thing that we should take out and we should go for is to reduce the power of lobbying money in Washington uh, that that's done it um, do you know that the 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 mo- what what lobby has the most money times four four times more than the next highest money in Washington NRA is number two Four times higher than the amount of money NRA um, gets is the pharmaceutical industry. Seriously. It's number one in Washington. And why would they have that money? Where would that money come from, I wonder? The overpriced <sighs> pills. And then what I find amazing is, uh, I, I think this is true. You know, you read this stuff, you're not sure how true it is. But if a pill costs $200 in the United States, it might cost a dollar in a foreign country. Same manufacturer. Same drug. Is this true? How can no, they do no, that? Charge more to us and less when they send it overseas? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, they, they ha- they, their answer is we need that money for the research and development. Well, why don't they need it from foreigners? Why, uh, why, why can they sell they, it less expensive overseas? It won't sell over there. There you go. <laughs> so, But we have a third-party payer, and they've got us over the bottom. And then there's this complicated distribution distribution thing there is this con- complicated we can give you a bar a, a, a reduced rate um, you know it's that this the bargaining between the third party payers not from the, f- the individual if we brought it down to um, the the person who is paying the drug they would it's the third party payer system that has brought the cost of health care including pharmaceutical industry, but the same story for the, the price of an emergency room visit that used to be $200 is now 5000 And those are real numbers. I mean, that's the real truth. And the reason was third-party payers would say, we won't give you um, um, the $400, the $200 you're charging for the emergency room. We're going to only give you 100 And they went, okay. We're going to, but the charge is 400 Okay, so now it's 200 that we'll pay you. Well, then the next time around, it's going to be 800 and then it's 400 that they get, and then it just went on It just on and gets on. uglier and uglier, right? No. And so when you say third-party payer, you're talking about the insurance that we Insurance pay. and Medicare and Medicaid and everybody who pays, the payers. You know. Um, In your ideal world, 
how would medicine work in this country? In my ideal world, um, and I'm not, I, I think one way of reducing it, I, and I've always been a don't get rid of the insurance industry because the industry will, if you can allow them to bargain and to banter and to fight, uh, and it's a huge industry in our country, if you eliminate it, it'll be a, a loss for the market and everything else. But if, you, but if you eliminate it, they're the ones that can bargain to try to find a cheaper rate, right? Allow them to have the free market to fight and do the same thing. You know, when the government's paying for it, it always seems to be, you know, there's $100 hammers when they're, you know, $12. That whole story. Right. But the answer is, so you want it hasn't insurance worked. to continue. Well, so I, that's what, what I did. I, I'm at the point where, screw it. Let's go to a single-payer system, one-payer system. Let them bargain instead of letting the, taking the Medicare away from the ability to bargain. And, uh, and let's get rid of this patchwork. I've, I've had to deal with uh, insurance like I've never had before right now. And I thought with Medicare plus insurance, I'm going to be really better covered. Well, crap. I'm you not covered. Uh, I, uh, there is a pill that I used to take. Let me put it this way. I used to prescribe for pancreatic enzymes. I need a pancreatic enzyme t- with because after the surgery and they cut out half my pancreas, I'm not making the juices that helps dissolve the food. So you need to take that pill. I need to take an enzyme to dissolve the food or, you know, you don't want to be anywhere near me in the morning, let me put <laughs> it that way. So my, my, my point is that the enzyme used to be 10 bucks. Well, somebody proved that it worked. And so therefore got the patent or whatever, um, or, or I don't know why, but it used to be ten bucks. Now it's nine hundred bucks for the same thing. for a month supply. My insurance will cover everything but two hundred. Well, they've got a bargain of some deal in the back room about whatever. Who knows how much they do pay? But it cost me two hundred dollars for a month uh, when it when it was it's it known should it should be ten that. bucks. Yeah. So I mean, it's that and. We don't have an ideal answer. We're getting frustrated. My, We're going to take. Yes, my answer is a single payer yes. system. I'm afraid single I have to say. Single payer system. I'm ready. Which, I'm ready to let go of insurance industry. What would be the single payer system? The government. Just the government. Okay. Uh, take uh, a break. We'll be back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. You know, it's too pretty of a day to have this discussion. It is gorgeous out would, there, and we're so would, serious. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody could get in? Would have insurance? Everybody would have the, the government insurance. Government insurance would be basic. Everybody would have the basic health thing. If you want to buy extra insurance, you can buy extra insurance. But everybody would get it, including the, the people who are visiting from a foreign country. Because let's face it, if they are a poor person from Mexico and they, can't, they, can't find an, they don't have insurance they, and they have nobody covering them, they'll go to the emergency room. They have to cover them. That's the worst care anybody could get because it's so expensive because it's a, um, it's the highest level. You walk in the room and you say, I've got belly pain. You get your CAT scan before anybody touches you. I mean, you know, there, there it is. Yeah. So, and they're most liable there. So the answer is they're all getting, the people who are coming, who are illegal immigrants are getting health care. They're through our emergency rooms. We can't turn them away. And they don't get paid for those. So what I am saying is everybody gets coverage like the rest of the, the wealthy countries of the world, we are allowed to compete. There's one payer, uh, and you can still have insurance. 
So I don't, that, that's one answer. There's a lot of people who have a lot of a other lot answers. Of answers. That's just an idea. I'm, Part I've of the had problem it. we have with the one payer is that the trust in the government is so low at this time compared to other years. It's just, you know, in the past 10 to 20 years, our Pe- trust in government has gone down tremendously. The so people, people who have VA insurance love it. The people who have who are in um, Canada uh, are are very happy with their health care, except when they want a knee done and they have to wait six months when the knee is not an emergent issue when there's an emergent issue they're covered people in other countries you know switzerland and germany and australia uh, the liability issues covered better and there's a lot of uh, better examples in the world and the, and if you want to know uh, go to annals of internal medicine and look up the liter- their their white paper on evaluation of foreign Healthcare systems. I was involved with that one. So I annals of internal medicine and what they have to say about the foreign governments that are running their medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't. We we were hoping maybe Obamacare might have covered it, and sure didn't. Well, you know, know still, ten percent of the people aren't getting covered. You know, it's like you can get insurance for your car. You don't have to. Um, You know, I, I think we should do what we do with car insurance. And um, uh, maybe there should be a, you know, if you want to ease into it, just make sure the government has the government option. There's a government option insurance instead of, and that one got kicked out. We were bargaining for it uh, during the Obamacare planning. And it didn't get accepted? You don't want to have the government, a government planned because none of the other places just could compete. Well, let them compete. Let them try to compete. Yeah. If they if they can't compete, then. Well, I think we should end this on a positive note. And I get a positive note. Okay, let's go that okay. positive note. Think about uh, tobacco use in this country. Through the past 50 years, we have really reduced tobacco use yes, and improved have. people's health. Yes. So we've done something really positive there. That's my thought. Now, you give a positive that medicine has done in the past 50 years. Your turn. Uh, they have improved the care of cancer by leaps and bounds. They have improved the care of, of surgery uh, with uh, developments, leaps and bounds. They've got mes- medicines that, take, that help with depression, anxiety, psycho- psych- uh, 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 psychiatric illnesses that by leaps and bounds. People who used to be suffering from heartburn and reflux are now well controlled with medications that by leaps and bounds. There are fabulous improvements. Some of that's related to um, pharmaceutical advancements. That's wonderful. Uh, but um, Are you feeling better now? Yeah. Think of the positives. Think you about the positives. Think, we don't want to leave people on a negative note today. Back there, it's yes. been absolutely gorgeous it's out. It's a gorgeous day. We want people to enjoy and think feel about good. The and we, we are not going to solve the problems of addiction or of medicine or of insurance today, but no. we sure thought about it, and we do recognize, no matter how bleak it may seem, there are really positives out there, aren't there? There are. And I, you know, I'm thankful for the advances in, in cancer in particular. I, I think you would be. We all I'm are. living 19 You're months living. alive after a diagnosis yes. of pancreatic cancer. When you should have been gone in four months. That's about yeah. how it goes. Well, yeah. you're still with us, and we're happy to see you. And we hope all of you are happy to listen to Dr. Holm and have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. Why don't you listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Vera Medical Group, 
Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Right, and tomorrow night, of course, Bob Vandermark and Matt Stanley will be uh, presenting uh, a discussion about addiction medicine, opioids, alcohol, tranquilizers, a lot to be learned. So with that, thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. Some fine words about music. And stay healthy out there.